News of the Times. History News Short. Spring-heeled Jack. Victorian England's bogeyman. Who is Spring-heeled Jack? England has a long history of ghosts and apparitions stalking country roads and even loudly haunting Parliament as recounted in our Ghosts and Apparitions special. Descriptions of these apparitions have included harming lone travellers at night, being over ten feet tall and floating over houses. From these early reports of violent country ghosts came the character of a strange figure energetically jumping into travellers' paths with a cold and clammy grip, clawing at flesh, spouting blue and white flames from his mouth and with eyes like fireballs. Children were warned to be good in Victorian times, or Spring-Heeled Jack would jump up and watch them through their bedroom window. The folklore of Spring-Heeled Jack was further enhanced through several of the popular penny dreadfuls of their day. Now, where did the stories of Spring-Heeled Jack begin? A number of mysterious incidents reported in the papers with similar characteristics meant that the assailant required a name, and the moniker Spring-Heeled Jack was born from the press. The name came from the assailant's reported penchance of jumping into people's paths and leaping onto rooftops. Some of the incidents recorded. Mary Stevens, October 1837. In October 1837, Mary Stevens was walking back to her job at Lavender Hill from having visited her parents in Battersea. Walking through Clapham Common, a terrifying figure jumped into her path, attempting to tear her clothes with claws. Mary screamed, and the figure quickly left the scene. Coachman, October 1837. The next day, he was reportedly seen jumping in front of a passing carriage, from which the coachman lost control crashed his carriage, thereby injuring himself. Reports of similar incidents with other carriages trickled in from other locations. Polly Adams, January 1838 In January 1838, Polly Adams, a barmaid, was walking across Blackheath in South London when she was attacked by a strange creature. Jane... Allsop, 19th of February, 1838, as described in St. James's Chronicle, 22nd of February, 1838. On the 19th of February, 1838, Jane Alsop was almost strangled by a cloaked assailant in her home. The figure originally presented himself as a police officer and asked her to bring him a candle by which to see. She, Jane, returned into the house and brought a candle and handed it to the person who appeared enveloped in a large cloak 
and whom she at first really believed to be a policeman. The instant she had given him the candle, he threw off his outer garment, and applying the lighted candle to his breast, presented a most hideous and frightful appearance, and vomited forth a quantity of blue and white flame from his mouth, and his eyes resembled red balls of fire. From the hasty glance which her fright enabled her to get at his person, she observed that he wore a large helmet, and his dress, which appeared to fit him very tight, seemed to her to resemble white olive skin. Without uttering a sentence, he darted at her, and catching her partly by her dress and the back part of her neck, placed her head under one of his arms, and commenced tearing her gown with his claws, which she was certain was of a metallic substance. She screamed out loud as she could for assistance, and by considerable exertion got away from him and ran towards the house to get in. Her assailant, however, followed her and caught her on the steps leading to the hall door, when he again used considerable violence, tore her neck and arms with his claws, as well as a quantity of hair from her head. But she was at length rescued from his grasp by one of her sisters. The account was verified by both of Jane's sisters. The youngest stated she had seen the attack, but was so alarmed by the actual appearance of the assailant that she was afraid to come to Jane's aid. Jane's older sister, upon hearing the screams of both of her sisters, ran to the door and found the person before described in the act of dragging her sister Jane down the stone steps from the door with considerable violence. She confirmed that at this time her sister's dress was nearly torn off her. Both of her combs were dragging out of her head, and a quantity of her hair had been torn away. With difficulties and force, she managed to grab Jane away, and they darted into their house and locked the door. Lucy Scales, the 28th of February, 1838. Nine days later, Lucy Scales and her sister were returning home. On their way, they noticed a person standing near the alley wearing a cloak. She reported that just as she passed him, a quantity of blue flame was spouted into her face from the cloaked man. She temporarily lost her sight from the blue flame in her face, and her sister screamed, and the cloaked man described as tall, thin, and carrying a small lamp, similar to those of policemen, calmly walked away. He was never found. Other reported cases quickly trickled in with similar circumstances. A woman attacked by a mysterious cloaked assailants while walking through Clapham Junction Courtyard. Mysterious figures jumping in front of coachmen. Police took the incidents seriously, although they seemed to feel the descriptions of the assailant were more imaginative in nature. From the planet, the 4th of March, 1838. 
The Nocturnal Assaults Upon Respectable Females by spring Jack, The Late Outrage at the Old Ford. Police have communicated the results of their respective inquiries relating to the attest outrages committed on Miss Jane Alsop at Old Ford by this suburban ghost, alias spring Jack. They all agreed in the opinion that a violent outrage, as described by Miss Olfsop, had been committed. But at the same time, they thought that in her fright, the young lady had much mistaken the appearance of her assailant, and they had no doubt whatever that in a few days they would be able to prove that the occurrence was merely the result of a drunken frolic, and not the act of the individual who was stated to have made his appearance in different outlets of the metropolis in so many different shapes. That a violent attack had been made upon her, there could be no doubt from her injuries she had received. Besides, she was corroborated in her description of the person who had made the attack on her by both her sisters. Miss Alsop described the dresser of the man who assaulted her as resembling white oilskin. Letters from the public were written into the papers stating the shocking impact. From J. Harwick, Esquire. The alarm which the outrage has created to the east end of the metropolis is considerable. So much so that females are afraid to move a yard from their dwellings after dusk unless they are very well protected. Copycat pranks. There is more than one reported news article regarding young men often as a wager to take on the disguise of spring Jack and do their best to terrify the local populace, especially women. One such account is relayed as follows. From St. James's Chronicle, 20th of March, 1838. Springheel Jack. Yesterday, Daniel Granville, a simple-looking fellow, was charged at Marylebone Police Office as follows. It appeared, from the evidence of Police Constable Markham, S24, that on Saturday night he was on duty at Kentish Town, when he saw a number of women and children running in every direction, screaming out, Here's spring Jack! He drew his staff and screwed his courage to the sticking place, waited for the monster, whom several of the frighted women who had gathered around him pointed out as the prisoner. Perceiving that a sort of blue froth was at his mouth, and that his features were not altogether natural. He went up to him, and he seized him by the collar, dragging him to a butcher's shop, by the light of which he discovered that he wore a mask, embellished at the mouth with blue glazed paper. To put a stop to his capers, and, as he had almost frightened one or two women into fits, he thought a good place for him was the station-house, and accordingly, having conveyed him thither, he was locked up. The prisoner, who said he did not mean to frighten anybody, was charged with a caution 
and the cause of the alarm ordered to be burnt. Attempts to capture Springheel Jack. Many attempts were made to try to capture this demonic creature, but none were successful. The Duke of Wellington, aged seventy, even rode around the streets, armed and on horseback, in search for this evil assailant, but with no success. More Springheel Jack. The earliest reference in the papers that we have found from the Morning Herald, the 7th of February, 1838. Yesterday, the attendance on the ice was most numerous, but no accidents occurred. Among the skaters was a person in black, who was named by the spectators Springheel Jack. His spirited skating attracted much attention. Springheel Jack continued to gain his notoriety outside of his original haunts in London, with sightings of him spreading across England. In the 1840s, he was reportedly in Northampton, where he was described as the very image of the devil himself, with eyes of flame. In East Anglia, there were several reports of drivers of mail coaches being attacked by a strange apparition, jumping in in front of the coaches and making the driver lose control. In the 1850s and 1860s, there were supposed sightings of Springheel Jack across England, but most notably in the Midlands. In 1870, he was spotted in Lincoln, where he was reportedly shot at by the townspeople, only to bound away and disappear into the night. There were also sightings of him in Sheffield and Aldershot. The last reported sighting of Springheel Jack was in 1904 in Liverpool. Attempts were made to corner him, but he reportedly leapt to the rooftops and once again disappeared into the night. The legend of Springheel Jack began to fade from the early 20th century. We have found newspaper articles in the 1930s interviewing aged members of the community about their memory of Springheel Jack. Those recountings in general state that Springheel Jack was a real person, but most likely due to the young lads playing pranks. As those who may have had experience with him have passed, Springheel Jack now only remains a figure of folklore. We hope you enjoyed the show. You have been listening to News of the Times, and I am Robin Coles.